This is AudibleGate. The journey to a fair deal for authors and narrators, with your hosts, Jacob and Jason. Bringing you the real facts and people behind this truly mind-blowing clusterfuck. In the beginning, Bezos created Amazon. And Amazon was with form and fast delivery. But deafness was upon the face of a book. And the spirit of Bezos moved upon the face of the book. And Bezos said, Let there be sound. And there was sound from the book. And he called it Audible. And Bezos knew Audible sounded pretty damn good. And Bezos divided the profits from the royalties. And Bezos, Katz, and now Carrigan, and all at Audible, called this good business. And on October 20th, 2020, a bunch of authors and narrators called bullshit. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the official AudibleGate podcast, supporting the equitable rights movement. We're here to talk about AudibleGate, and you can't talk about AudibleGate without talking about ACX.com. The Audiobook Creation Exchange. Now, it's important to note that ACX.com and Audible are both Amazon companies. ACX.com, it's a place where people make audiobooks. You have somebody, an author perhaps, or what's also known as a rights holder, who will look for a narrator, a producer, to create their book for them. ACX essentially works as a marketplace where you have this big database and the authors or rights holders will upload their books there and the narrators and producers will look for books that they fancy and audition to produce that audiobook. And the way that it works, people will put up a description of the book, perhaps a little bit about what kind of uh, marketing plan that they have. They'll include an audition side, a little excerpt from the full book, maybe a full chapter, maybe part of a chapter. And they're listening for the right sound that they feel encapsulates the character's tonality, behavior, ways of speaking. I mean, all the things that make for very entertaining reading. Now, once that process has all been gone through and a deal has been struck between the author and the narrator, there are essentially two ways that the rights holder, the author, can distribute their audiobook through ACX. Mm -hmm. So the first is what we call exclusive. Now, this means that the book will only be on Audible, Amazon, and Apple. And 60% of the royalties of each sale will go to Amazon, well, Audible, and the remaining 40% goes to the author or rights holder. So when it comes to this deal struck between the rights holder and the narrator, by the way, which people sign and they are stuck in for seven years, which is uh, the way business has been done at Audible for the very longest time. Uh, It's only very recently that they created something and perhaps I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but they created something where you can exit that agreement. But we'll get to that much later in the story. Um, For right now, we're focusing on the exclusive versus, ooh, clever name alert, non-exclusive. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, or wide distribution deal. And in the wide distribution deal, Jacob, you want to take over with the numbers? So the non-exclusive or wide deal essentially means that your audiobook would be available in every different store imaginable. So not just Audible, Amazon, and iTunes, but it would be available on other stores like Kobo, Scribd, Libro, available in libraries. There's a whole bunch of other places. Google Play Books comes to mind. Mm -hmm. So to go wide seems like a much better thing for everyone, right? 
apart from? <laughs> apart from the fact that the royalty share is even lower. Even lower. So if you go wide through ACX and Audible, 75% of each sale will go to Audible. And the remaining 25% goes to you, the author or rights holder. Now, if the deal agreed between the author or rights holder is a royalty share or royalty share plus deal, the narrator will be paid part of or their entire fee by splitting those royalties half and half with the author. So when it comes to the deal that's struck in this particular scenario between the rights holder and the narrator, they are going to share that 40% of royalties. That means that they're each going to receive 20%, right? Right. And in a non-exclusive deal, they would both receive half of 25%, so each getting just 12.5% of the retail price of the audiobook per sale. I mean, it's daylight robbery. There's also a third model, which is called a per-finished-hour model. And there, there is no royalties to be had by the producer. They are paid a flat hourly rate. And what they are going to deliver for that is the same thing that they would be delivering under the royalty-share model of business, which is a perfectly mastered, edited, wonderful performance of the recorded material. Unfortunately, these royalty deals that we've been discussing, although it already sounds like Amazon are taking a huge amount more than they really should, you know, they're taking up to three quarters of it. Yeah. They're actually taking even more away from the authors and rights holders. What do you mean they're taking? What, can you say that again, please? A little, a little slower. Yeah. A little slower. Yeah. The real amount of money. The real amount of money. That creatives are getting. Yes. Are even lower. How can that be? <laughs> How is that possible? Isn't there a contract that people sign? Then, and isn't there a contract not just between the rights holder slash author and the narrator slash producer, but also a contract with ACX and with Audible? Yeah, that says very clearly these are the royalties. How can that be even lower than twelve and a half percent at at the low side? How, how is that possible? Well. What I can tell you is that it is, and it gets even worse. They're also taking money away from authors when an audiobook is returned. No. I can't believe for a second that this company would do something like that. No. There's got to be somebody who can clarify things, because I think my partner in crime here, my alleged partner in crime, is totally <laughs> full of it. <laughs> All right. Well, you can think that if you like, but let me tell you it's true. So thankfully, we do have someone who has a little bit more knowledge than I do about this. Her name is Susan May. She's an Australian author and the hashtag AudibleGate titleist. Her and her team have been working really hard at this over the past few months, trying to dig into the depths of what's going on. So let's bring Susan in. Hello, great to talk to you, great to be here talking about my favourite subject for almost six months now, <laughs> Audible Gate. Wow. Of course. I used to be an author and now I am still an author but I'm writing a horror story delivered to Audible and ACX courtesy of moi. Actually, yeah, that, I mean, that's a really good starting point. I yes. mean, we have this thing that's called hashtag Audible Gate. Yes. Um, and so, I mean... Uh, when when did you realize that this something was you know something was amiss so something was was off in in well, um, in the sales like what what was the glitch in the matrix oh, that you well, noticed? Oh well, so I realized a way before that. So I started writing to them back in 
gosh, last year I'm saying 2019, I started writing to them about that and they kind of fobbed me off and they were doing that to a lot of authors. So I started just getting this feeling, I'm getting these returns and I'd been, I sell a lot of Audible books and I did not uh, notice it because they've got this sneaky little thing that they did. So they've decided, well, we're going to turn Audible into a library and but we're not going to pay the authors because that would cost us too much so the only way we can do this is we'll market that you can return a book anytime you like it doesn't matter if you liked it or not they've got this sneaky thing where they don't have a returns column in our reports or in our dashboard and so you don't know so you might you might have sold five books and you've had two returns so you'll see three books so you only see net sales and that's the problem. So I tried to get a few of my author mates to understand what I was seeing and they just said, well, you know what, they steal from us all the time, so who cares? What can we do? And hmm. so okay. I thought I decided, you know what, I'm going to probably give up being a writer because I'm just sick of fighting with these guys. You know, they make it so hard and they hide things and then they fob you off all the time when you ask. So I asked the question, you know, there's something wrong with returns. I asked, I wrote to ACX and they said, oh, it, no, everything's fine. We've checked. <laughs> they're checking on themselves. So, th so their initial, their initial response was, well, you say there's something wrong and they say, no, there isn't. Yeah, yeah, correct. That's all you've got. So you can't do a thing. Okay. And so, and, and, and then I, I managed to convince a few, a few people sensed it. There's kind of this sense. And what I did was I, I used to advertise a lot on Facebook. And so I lowered my advertising down to like minuscule amounts from what I was spending so that I could lower my sales because it's the only way you can see. So if I'm only selling two books a day and they take off three books, then I can see at least a minus one. And so mm -hmm. that's that was my plan because I started snooping then because I thought, what's causing all these returns? Like, what is it? And I noticed on my phone, because I listen to audio books, I noticed in Audible there's a little exchange button. So when you finish a book, you just go back on the on just on the actual book in your library and it says exchange. So when you press that, it actually just returns the book. There's no questions. There's no person asking you why do, why are you returning this book. It just returns it. And so... Can I just jump in and just clarify when... Yes. What you're saying is that when a book is returned in that way via the Audible app, the authors are actually losing yes. out on money. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Yes. So everyone thinks, and people do this. So it's when I did my research, I realized that it's a thing. It's on YouTube, people telling you how to do this. It's in forums. It's in Reddit. It's everywhere. Facebook groups saying, hey, you know what? You just press a button and you get your credit back or you get a credit into your credit card. But so many people that I read uh, before we started, you know, trending as Audible Gate, they didn't know. So, so many readers were doing this and thinking, oh, well, too bad. You know, Audible's a big company. Jeff Bezos is rich. He's paying, so I'm just going to take it. Or it's a glitch because it was too easy. Like it's just so easy. It's like going to a bookstore, you buy a book, and then it, in the back of the book it says, oh, by the way, 
just walk to the back of the shop and just drop it in here with your name and we'll just give you the money back. It's no, no one's going to notice. No one cares. It's very simple. And so that's what they were doing. And I, I looked at that and I thought, gee, that looks awfully simple. That might explain what's going on. And then I started doing some research. So I hopped in a whole bunch of forums and I saw everyone talking about doing it. And I thought, oh, this is what's going on. I can see this very clearly. You mean the practice the practice of just exchanging the book at any moment and not having to pay yeah. additional money for it? Okay. Correct. So, And I saw so many comments about it, so many people saying, oh, yeah, I do it. Oh, I've been doing that for years. I, I even found a guy who wrote a blog post who put up, uh, it's been taken down because everyone hopped on him, but he wrote a blog post called, how to use Audible as a rental library. And he even called an operator, uh, an Audible operator, and said, look, I want to use Audible as a library. Mm -hmm. I want to exchange a book anytime I like and I want to get a refund for that. Am I allowed to do that? And the person said, yes, you are. That's We've got it in writing. He, he copied what the operator had told him. And that's company policy. Yeah, it's company policy. Wow. The customer's always right. Don't argue with them. And and that's if you – so we worked out that you can use that exchange button where there's no interaction with a human being nine times. So you can use one credit nine times or one Audible book purchase. You can do it with purchases as well because they just put the money back in your account. Uh, so nine times. And then after that, it pops up and it says – uh, a little screen pops up and says, just contact our operators and they'll be happy to help you. So, um, so Susan, can you tell us a little bit more about this glitch, what you noticed about this uh, and and how, how it then snowballed into this, I don't know, this international movement that yes. has uh, come from noticing this? Well, it was, a, it was a stroke of luck because until then I was really having trouble getting anybody to listen to me and I had formed, already had formed the Facebook group, um, you know, Fair Rights for Authors and Narrators and there was 20 of us in there and uh, so that was back in before the, this glitch happened but I couldn't get anybody in that interested in the whole thing. It all seemed too hard. And then on the 20th of October I was we were so lucky because what happened was suddenly ACX clawed back three weeks of returns and normally these returns happen every day. So that's what I was saying. You can't tell. You don't know. You just have a sense that your numbers are down, something's not right. And then suddenly I noticed in all the forums all these authors and narrators saying, oh, I just lost 120 books overnight. It was just this sudden thing. And so all of them, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, well, it's a glitch and they'll give them back to us. And I thought, oh, I don't think that's that kind of glitch. I think this is a glitch that's going to reveal a lot. And surely it did because then every a lot of people wrote to ACX and said, what's going on? Where are my books? Give them back. And they said, oh, no, we're really sorry to have upset you and distressed you, but that was three weeks' worth of returns. But it's okay now. It's all been fixed and it'll go back to normal where we're just taking the returns off every day. But everybody saw then and they could work out their percentages, you know. So it turned out I was losing 50% of my sales to returns on a, on a four-and-a-half-star rated book that's, you know, sold wow. thousands of copies. <laughs> yeah. So... Everybody then suddenly went and I said, oh, by the way, everybody who's really upset about this, uh, I've got a group. 
<laughs> and so suddenly, you know, I had hundreds and hundreds of people joining the group until, it, you know, it grew to thousands uh, and became what it was. But I sort of feel like we were babies back then. We didn't really understand the depth of what was going on. We just knew, hang on, this is not right. You can't do this. This is too many returns. And then I, I posted that guy's blog post about turning Audible into a library and that got people really upset. So it kind of had this appearance of being something that was an isolated incident over three weeks, but actually it turns out this is just the way that the platform operates. This is Correct. what Audible do and how they work. Correct. Correct. This is how they make their money and this is this is how they keep their customers. They allow them to return books as if it's a library and they don't pay us, which is, you know, hideous behavior. Uh, so that's how, that's how Audible Gate began. And then I just wrote a blog post, um, the incredible true story of missing sales. And so when that got read, oh gosh, 20,000 plus times, you know, that got read. And then that began the whole thing. And I called it Audible Gate and now it's become Audible Gate. So, uh, so that's where we got to in October and, um, people were really angry. So we started writing to ACX and saying, show us, we want to see the reports. We're entitled to see our returns. And then they gave us the runaround. It was like, oh, we can't do the, we can't do reports. We don't have them. Or we can't, our system doesn't talk to Audible's system. So it's impossible. And sorry about that. And have a nice day. But surely if they're, if they're calculating those net figures, they have to be able to to see those numbers, right? Because yeah. otherwise, how else are they calculating them? It's just a question of how they're choosing to present those figures. It's it's the way they do things. You know, this is this is this is the modus operandi of of these Amazon companies. They did the exact same thing to the flex drivers. When I read about those guys having their tips stolen, it was the same thing. They would write and they got fobbed off. They got told nothing's wrong. You know, so we persisted for a couple of months writing letters, and I always kept everything, every single piece of information that we had, every reply, uh, everything that got sent into them, we kept that. And so we've got more than a 1,000 pieces of evidence, well and truly more than that now, um, to hand over to attorneys. So Audible Gate was about returns. But then we started looking at everything about our relationship with Audible. So, yeah, so in a nutshell, though, that's Audible Gate. Wow. wow. <laughs> that's there that's a lot that's a lot of territory and I know we're just barely skimming the surface too. Absolutely. We have to break it up in chunks because if you start talking math at the same time as you're talking other stuff people's brains, you know, like even mine. It took me look, I can talk about this stuff forever now because I've got my head around it, but it's it takes a while, but it's worth it because I think this is going to be one of the biggest stories in tech. Was there was there a change or something that happened at some point that then um, I mean, what, what was their return policy in the beginning well, versus what it became when you noticed it on October 20th? I think I think they've always had it, but I, as new players came in the market, they thought they'd beef it up because I think they always want to go to this streaming type platform, you know, um, and like a Netflix or something, Spotify or something like that. So that they they couldn't do it any other way. And this is a great way to lock people in, you know, $15, as many books as you want. Nobody else can do that because they have actually got to pay the authors and get their permission. I, I didn't even mention the return policy is 365 days. You, it's unbelievable yeah. that you would be allowed to hold a book for, for a year. 
to decide whether you want to listen to it or not. And you can listen to the whole book. So even in a even in a, a normal library, you have you know f- late fines when when you two weeks yeah, yeah exactly yeah. fourteen days. Otherwise, you start <laughs> yeah. accumulating you know pennies per day. But. Correct, but not audible. No, no, no. We're whatever, and they're very determined to keep and, it as well. Even though we've challenged it, they've said no, no. It's it's a great. We need it. We need it as a benefit for our customers. Otherwise, they won't buy your books. This is their theory that it's their way of allowing. Uh, uh, readers to take a chance on a new author. But this also, I mean, this 365-day uh, pol- return policy, right? And you could listen to the yeah. entire thing. You could give it back to us and we will refund, we'll give you back that credit, yeah. right? Or we'll yeah. refund your money. And then that money gets taken because the person returned it. That that money gets taken from the author, the rights holder, slash the narrator, producer, however the royalties are set up, correct? Yes, it's pretty darn upsetting that, you know, you write a book, you 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 make an audible top quality. You know, my my last audible book cost six and a half thousand to produce. Um, and yeah. There you go. And wow. so and and I'm getting more than 50% returns on it. And that's that's just wrong. We discovered, because this is what happened when we started looking at everything, they're not even paying us according to the contract. They changed it. And they know they changed it and they told us that. Hmm. And, you know, I might say what they're doing is fraud and they could maybe sue me, but then I spoke to a friend of mine who's an attorney and he said to me, well, the truth is actually your defence. Is it true? Can you prove it? Well, I can. we can prove it. So I'll, I'll say alleged fraud, but, you know. Susan, quick quick question here. Yes. You, Obviously, you're kind of one one person here who's, who came across all of this and was very vocal in, uh, you know, progressing and looking yeah. further into the, all the, the nitty-gritty detail. I would imagine that, you know, you say you started with this Facebook group with, with about 20 people in it. Mm. I imagine that, that after that date of October the 20th and the glitch, mm. I imagine that that kind of expanded quite dramatically. Are, are there, you know, massive groups that are also experiencing this and other, you know, notable authors that are experiencing these huge amounts of lost money as well? Yes, there is. I mean, we actually, we were just speaking in the background to, quite recently, to a romance author who's earning seven figures a year. And, and they also noticed this happening to them. We ended up uh, in November getting the Authors Guild became involved with us. Quite a lot of groups, uh, the members reached out to them. So these bodies, so we had Alliance of Independent Authors for us came on board and the Authors Guild got involved and then all so many associations around the world, NINC, uh, Society of Authors in the UK, the Australian one, Ireland, Canada, everywhere, all got involved and, and sent a letter out a cease and desist letter uh, headed by the Authors Guild to Audible. But we just didn't get that far. We got a few, uh, a few, a few things they gave us, like here's 5% for December, 5% extra, uh, because we're sorry that you're unhappy about the returns. And then we all wrote back straight away and said, mm-hmm. hey, you know what, 5% of nothing is nothing. So thanks for nothing. So that's that's become my sole purpose in life uh-huh. is to expose this and this is my job, like 12 hours a day. I'd probably put in 60 or 8 hours a week. Mm-hmm. But I was really, really lucky that a few people popped up in the group and said, hey, can I help you? That's how I guess I met uh, Colleen Cross because she, turns out, is a forensic accountant. <laughs> Just what I needed. 
I'm sitting there going, mm, how can I work out wow. the accounts? How fortuitous. Unbelievable. Just perfect, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> so she just popped up to do the filing. She just said, oh, I'll help you do filing. Can I help? And I said, yeah, you can do filing. And then she's filing away, filing away all the evidence. And then uh, so one day I just asked a simple question about uh, the accounts and she went away and started investigating it and she wrote us an 80-page PowerPoint on breaking down everything and explaining how the alleged fraud was occurring and then I said what do you do you know how can you do this and she said oh I write I write um financial fraud thrillers <laughs> and I used to be a chartered accountant hmm. so well at CEO at um CFO level so she was perfectly suited it, and that's what's happened this is kind of a very funny story you 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 watch a movie about this kind of stuff and this is exactly what happens you get people who have this background that's perfect for what we need and they just pop up at the right moment you know and so here we are um on to the next chapter i guess but yeah that's in a nutshell there we are yeah so what are some of the concessions that they've made besides the five percent and wasn't there also a change a change in their return policy, but does that change actually do anything to address the larger issue? No. So then, so they gave us the 5%. That didn't really work well for them. They got a barrage of emails, thanks to us, because we just gather ourselves and go, okay, write an email back and tell them we're not happy with that. Um, so then there was a few meetings between Authors Guild and uh, Audible, and the CEO of Audible is dealing with this, um, Bob Carrigan. So, he, uh, yeah, he gave another concession. So then he said, okay, okay, to get you off our back, we will, uh, we will change the returns policy. We'll still let uh, readers return their books up to a year, but we will cover it after seven days. So you guys, up to seven days, any returns, you've still got to pay for it. Sorry about that. We're big. We're bigger than you and that's what you're getting. But the rest of the time we'll pay. Hmm. And we'll also show you your returns as of the 1st of January, but we won't show you those until March because we've got to rebuild our whole system and it's going to take some time because, you know, it's a, it's a difficult job. So I hear some sarcasm in my voice there. Just a bit. Tech company. <laughs> Just a bit. Um, so they're essentially extending all this to yes. make time and giving little tidbits of, you know, this will make you a bit happier. This will make you a bit happier. Hoping that, you know, you and, and the rest yes. of the, the Audible Gate kind of campaign is going to dissipate into, into nothing over, over time. Have you found that that has been the case? Have, has your support no. dropped off? Or is no. the momentum still going? No, no, you know, no, no, what's no. the situation now? Audible has made a big mistake because somehow it's, they've, because they've been so rude to us, you know, they have been so unhelpful, obdurate is the word, that everybody's angry. We're not going away. It's not possible. And I'm not giving up six months of my life and then go, oh, you know what, it's just become too hard. No, we're entrenched. Uh, we're, we're getting more backing as we speak. There's a lot of stuff happening legally. There's been a lot of contacts made. I've got some interviews coming up with very, very big financial newspapers in the US. Uh, so it's not going away and the support hasn't dropped off. I mean, people go back to their writing and stuff, but everybody's vested in this because this is this is bigger than this industry. You know, it's bigger than audibles or audiobooks. It's it it goes to 
how authors are being treated, you know, that it's, that we, we have, we've never been treated well. And then we became indies and thought we were independent and everything was going to be great. But again, we're back being treated badly. So we're not going to put up with that. We're making a stance and we're, and this is going to go on into the future. We draw a line and this is it. And, and we're, I mean, Colleen and I are on the battlefront, but behind us or next to us is, thousands of authors and organizations that are not going away so this is this is just the beginning what is what is the ultimate objective uh, i don't i well we do have an ultimate objective i'm not going to reveal that because you know this is this is a horror story for audible and i think it's much better for them if they just find out the ending when it happens to them <laughs> you know it's not going to be nice for them but it's going to be the ultimately we want our money back and that was the thing that they told us back in december they said you know what we're going to fix it all up going forward to a degree but we refuse to compensate you or give you any of the data prior to the 31st of december 2020 and that's just not good enough. You can't say that. You can't do that. Especially after locking people into a contract for yes. you know, seven years. Well, great. It's fantastic for going forwards. But what if I'm in the sixth year of my contract? I've then got, you know, potentially five other years yeah. of, you know, missed out and returns data that I don't have. And whether it was fraudulent yeah. or not, or whether it was correct or not, whatever their policy is, it should at least be given to me. I'm the person creating that work that you're Correct. selling, right? Correct. Absolutely. They don't have any right to do that. that. That's information that we should have. And then the other issue that they're going to face is that they actually have created a system where they told us they were paying us a certain way and they never bothered to pay us that way. I don't know why. We haven't got to the bottom of that. But what we think we're getting paid by them, what they said, how they said they would pay us, they're not paying us. So that is a problem for them that we've, we've got a contract that they're not operating under. And you might think, well, oh, why don't you have a class action? But it's in the contract as well is we're prevented from forming a class action. So this is why wow. it hasn't happened. Wow. It's so, so they knew. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. This is how they set things up. I mean, it's just incredible, isn't it? It is. That the, a company like that, you know, like you say, they've monopolized the audiobook industry yeah. to a huge extent. And yes, there are other options out there. But to say to their authors and rights holders, you cannot take legal action against us yeah. because they know that, you know, taking any sort of action that is not a class action would just be too expensive and too yes. difficult to do. But it sounds like you're actually going down the route of doing that. We are. We are. There's, uh, there's a few ways to skin a cat or a rat. They've completely underestimated independent authors. Together, we're an organization of really, really smart people. It's a caper. If you're going to keep listening to the story, you're going to probably listen to one of the best big tech capers that you've ever heard. I don't see how they're going to win. They can't win. It's impossible. Oh, well, Susan, thank you so much for coming on and, and taking the time to explain all of this to us. It has been quite something, really. I mean, yeah. So, Jacob, uh, what do you think of all that? Well, it's a bit worrying, isn't it? I mean, there's clearly a lot more going on than simply missing books and questionable royalty shares and things like that. Um, yeah, definitely more than meets the eye or the ear. Eh? Oh, touche. Eh? Touche, yes. We call that a popochka in Russian. Um, so if all this adds up, you know, it's it seems like 
it kind of makes sense that Audible is trying to hide the returns and the payment numbers because if that information gets revealed over the the length of the time this business has been going, just think of how much money is really at stake. You know, the potential is pretty high and pretty concerning. Yeah, I think it is really worrying. And, you know, thankfully, we'll be able to talk to Colleen Cross next mm. time, yeah. who is definitely good at adding it all up. Pun intended, Jason. I thought you'd like that one. You are British to a fault. You really are. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson, you are not. Oh, well, Any one of it. the Monty Python's like little snippet of an old fingernail that just been clipped off of them and flew away into the distance... You are not, okay? I'm sorry. You are not. Oh, oh, that cut deep. I know it does. because you. Oh, you know how to hit a brick where it hurts. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, before I get any more injured and my ego's flattened anymore, uh, let's move on from my terrible jokes. Why don't we have a listen to what Colleen has to say next time? You know, there's authors that have had their earnings clawed back so much that their, their earnings statements actually show negative numbers. In other words, they actually owe Audible money. And of course, I quickly realized that the calculation in the contract isn't the calculation they were using to to compute our earnings. Um, You know, it's more than just corporate greed. It's just not right. It's it's evil. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the official Audible Gate podcast's first episode. We hope you found it as interesting and worrying as we do. If you'd like to read more about AudibleGate, please visit audiblegate.com, where you'll find further analysis into the growing situation with regular updates, including Susan May and Colleen Cross's original blog posts. And please share this podcast on all your social media with hashtag AudibleGate to keep the momentum going. This is a serious situation with potential legal and financial ramifications, and it's really important we reach as many people as possible. Thanks to Orchestralis and Serpent Sound Studios for the music used in this episode. This has been a J-Squared B-Cubed production. Written and directed by Jason Lasky and Jacob Daniels. Edited by Jacob Daniels. This is Audible Gate.